Welcome, everyone, to a new episode of The Transcript Podcast. You've got me, Scott Krisloff, editor of The Transcript, along with Eric Micaiah, who's our lead author. We sent out a new issue of the newsletter on Monday, and what we saw was that companies are feeling positive about the outlook. It's not surprising to most people, I think, that companies are feeling more optimistic about 2024. But the thing that we did note is that markets may be getting a little bit ahead of the Fed who may be lowering interest rates more slowly than people are hoping for or expecting. And we got a CPI print this morning that showed that maybe inflation is sticking a little bit more sticky than people were hoping for. And so that could keep the Fed on hold as well. That could impact the outlook for the rest of the year as well. Eric, any thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I think what I've seen, especially in most earnings calls that I've read, is that companies are quite positive about the year, and especially about the second half of the year, based on the expectations that the Fed will reduce rates at some point during the summer, before or during the summer this year. So I don't know, uh, as you say, maybe they're getting way ahead of themselves because uh, consumer, the consumer has been doing well for the past couple of years, but they are at a point where they're struggling a bit and the the expectations from most companies that the Fed would uh, would ease the burden on consumers by reducing rates, and that would boost a bit of confidence in markets and in companies and uh, company execs. Uh, so yeah, so inflation is stickier. Uh, there are lots of companies that are noting that inflation is not yet uh, done. It's lower, but it's still higher uh, at at a high end, uh, so to speak. Uh, the Fed would not be able to act until they say they have enough data to prove that inflation has gone down substantially. The expectation from some company execs is that uh, the Fed is going to lower rates in the second half of the year. And the most impacted people so far, the lower, in, lower income consumers, that has been true for a while. They're trading down pretty significantly. And because of that, I think because of the high prices that uh, they've experienced the past couple of years, they're not able to handle them so well. So most Companies that have that, especially the retail companies, what I've noted is they're saying that they've hit peak in terms of pricing increases, uh, because if they keep increasing further, volume is going to decline quite significantly a bit more. Any thoughts on that, and especially on the low in- income consumer, on how they've been impacted so far? Yeah, I think the lower income consumer is a cross current relative to what expectations are in the market, because we've been seeing for a long time now probably 18 months that the low income consumer is displaying behaviors of trading down, like you said, more price sensitivity, like you said, and that their balance sheets are getting weaker. One data point that we pulled out that's particularly concerning was from Equifax talking about delinquencies among subprime consumers are as high or higher than they were in 2009 which I think is something that is not on anybody's uh, radar screen. In fact, it's so far off of what people are talking about that I actually don't even know that I really believe the data. I need to go back and look at that data, what Equifax is talking about in terms of subprime delinquencies, because obviously subprime delinquencies were extreme in 2009. So if if they are that high right now, that would be a surprise to markets, I think. Any thoughts on that specifically? I was actually wondering about that uh, because Equifax is a company I've tracked for a while. So I think at some point they said that the delinquencies are at 20 uh, pre-pandemic levels. And now they're saying like it's you have to go way back to 2009. So my, my question was, how big is Equifax in terms of the kind of consumers that they interact with? Equifax is huge. They're one of the three largest credit rating bureaus. So they touch basically every consumer in the United States. So, so this is have, notable then. They have good data. Yeah, this is definitely a noteworthy quote. Yeah. 
but beyond that also there was the issue of uh, ev markets quite a seismic shift that is happening in terms of how the market is positioned i should say i used uh, an ev for uh, long distance travel during christmas and my experience was actually quite negative in the sense of that we had to put up just like a four-hour journey, but it's extended to eight hours, of course, because of bad weather. But the the important thing is that you have to you have to plan your journey in such a way that you uh, have points where you stop for almost half an hour to charge. And then that's when I realized, like long distance, these things are not very they're not yet at the level where you can actually drive for such a long distance as you would under ice uh, vehicles. So I think that's the same thing that's happening in the market. The early adopters are done. And now the people who are supposed to buy them for mass market adoption are the, are the guys who really need to think through what they need to do with the EV, uh, electric vehicles, so to speak. What's your experience so far with them? Yeah, this is a super interesting industrial cycle to be watching because obviously the big automakers, GM and Ford and others, Volkswagen, really bet heavily on the transition from the internal combustion engine to the EV and we're seeing that, as you mentioned, this cross of a chasm from the early adopter into mass market adoption. And we may be seeing that the mass market demand isn't there, which is surprising to me as well, because I think thinking back 12 months ago when these companies were making these bets, it really felt like we were making a transition to EVs. And so to see that maybe the demand isn't there, again, is surprising. Part of the reason it may be surprising to me is because I live in California and Penske was talking about how 50% of their EV sales are in California. So there's a lot of really negative data points around EVs, though, not only from a Penske where inventories are piling up, but also among the rental agencies. Hertz was talking about cutting a third of their EV fleet because there's not demand for the EVs from a rental standpoint. It'll be interesting to see how far ahead of itself the industry got how big of a glut of inventories will happen. And obviously as a result of those that glut of inventories, there will be a trend towards price cutting. So you're actually starting to already see some really good deals on EVs. Like I got a flyer from Volkswagen the other day talking about an $88 a month lease on, on one of their ID4s, which feels like an extremely low price for a $45,000, $50,000 vehicle. So uh, somebody is taking a huge loss on that. Um, yeah. Again, if you're looking at these automakers, I think it's probably most acute among those mainstream automakers like GM, Ford, Volkswagen that were getting into this space without strong brands in EVs. Their their those companies' customers didn't necessarily want to follow them into EVs. So this may be the biggest penalty to those companies. But I'm actually going to uh, maybe after the episode also check out Volvo because Volvo had uh, targeted by 2030 to face out all ICE and to be exclusively EV. So I wonder, consumers, as you said, have not followed them to that uh, plan that they had in mind. But the big gainers, and I think I saw a note from Morgan Stanley that said we apologize to Toyota and hybrids. So I think the the big winners here are actually hybrid, who where consumers want a little bit of, okay, we can charge and reduce our consumption of fuel, but at the same time, we can experience the possibilities of, of ICE vehicles. So I feel like that, those are the big winners. Toyota had a very good quarter in that regard. And the big manufacturers, I think the challenge that they're having is that currently there's a, it's in the phase where investors want to see profitability or at least a path to profitability. 
Any other thing that you had picked up in earnings? No, yeah, I think that's a good place. That's a good place to close this week. Thank you so much for joining us on our weekly episode. I'll see you again next week as we continue our tracking earnings season and the key quotes of earnings this week. Thank you and bye.